This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's up, guys? You guys are watching episode 26 of Geekscape. We've got tons of stuff, including Ask Laura, a sit-down with Scott Stockdike of the Spider-Man films, and two goofballs, Tweedledee and Tweedledum, giving you all the news and reviews that you need the next episode of Geekscape. Oh! You <laughs> suck ass. We've got tons of stuff coming up, including Ask Laura, Scott Stockdike of the Spider-Man 3 films, and Tweedledee and Tweedledum giving you guys reviews of Hostel 2. That's good! He missed the first time. <laughs> Not bad! Oh, we got the balloon! Hey guys, this is John Gura from The Forums. We're here for Walk for the Underdogs. I'm here with Hank. We just finished our two-mile walk, and this is episode 26 of Geekscape. Hey, guys. Welcome to episode 26 of Geekscape. We are at the halfway mark. I'm Brian Gilmore. I'm Ben Funnelfish Dunn. And uh, we're going to walk you through uh, the week in uh, movies, comic books, video games, and Whatever uh, else. any other geek-related stuff. But uh, first, before we do that, we need to mention our sponsor. That's NetRiver.net. Uh, that's your one-stop shop for all your internet needs. We are powered 100% by NetRiver. And if right now, if you enter uh, the promotional code GILMORE, you get... 10% off all your hosting needs. All right, now that's that's out of the way. And uh, what did we do last Thursday, Ben? Wait, why, why do you take the... Okay, anyway. Okay. Yeah, well, uh, so last... Just so, I don't know why he took that down, but there was some... Just so you know how, like, I'm not the only creep here. And I'm not even a creep. Ah, okay. But Ben here has what? a big yield sign that has the word hump written on it. It was right here when above I his, in, and okay. that's a likely story. Um, but uh, it was it's anyway, right above let's his bed. Let's get going. Let's get right move above on. his bed. Hump to encourage girls, any ladies the girls need to know that what they're on he imagines Guys, here. I, I'm, I'm trying to get, throw you guys a bone in doing this show. Uh, that's obscene. And if you, need, <laughs> if, if you need a sign like that to show you what that's for over there, you're in a lot of trouble, right? We can put the laser gun down. You are a child. All right, can we do a show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Let's do what it. We, get so behind what the camera. Right. Get behind so, the camera, so, director. Don't do that. So just, what are okay. we, You guys are killing me. <laughs> okay, so. just talk about Hustle 2. All right. Get a good job on the sponsor, all right? Good job not messing up the English language you've been speaking for the last 20 years. <laughs> now do the damn episode. All right, just get behind the camera. 
I'm sorry if I blew out your ears, everyone. He's done. So we saw uh, Hostel 2 on Hostel Thursday. 2. And it was my yeah. first premiere, and it was actually it was really fun. That we had all the uh, all the cast and crew yep. and director Eli Roth there, and mm. uh, it was fun. You know, whenever the credits came up, everyone's like, "Yay, that's Yay, my mom!" Yeah. Blah blah blah. Yeah. And uh, it was okay, but it's the only thing, in my opinion, that made this movie worth anything. Right, and not to jump the gun, and, or we, anything, and we really tried not to talk about it on the way out, and it was yeah. difficult because I had just ah, oh, just for what did you think? Me uh, personally, okay, I thought it was better than Hostel One, but that was only because Hostel uh, wasn't that great to begin well, that's with. Because that's not saying much to begin with, right? I mean, Hostel One sucked. I mean, I for it one, really did. okay. What you gotta understand is that Ben and I are actually horror movie fans. We right. we like horror movies, and we yeah, like our whores. fair share, and we like our and whores for Ben, and we we really do like. I mean, gore, mm-hmm. anything else that we might love. Like, what are some gory movies that you like? Like, give me an example. Of well, the type you know, of movie I like I like all the classics, the the zombie movies, Night of the Living Dead. Right, you know? right. Right, but I mean, I also enjoy exploitation films, which is mostly what Eli Roth is trying to do, or tried to do. Right. Um, and I just don't think that he comes off very genuine in it. No, I mean, he's... Host- he- Hostel 1... Oh, sorry. Hostel 1 had a bunch of points where it was like, okay, you know, this is going to end up being a revenge film. This is going to end up having a lot of the same exploitation slash revenge things that he's going for. Right. But... This one seemed a lot more, uh, I don't want to say campy, but a little more polished in Hollywood. Well, it seemed more, um, more by the book. Like, he took, he took the points that made Hostel 1, in, I guess, some people's opinions, good, and right. showed them again. The two points that I really hated is the fact, you know, like, you know, Hostel 1, I'll give it this. Lots of titties, lots of gore. And that's the two Not things that, that titties. well, a lot more than this one. That's true. There was more titties. You know the the and, oh, and but the who fa- did we get? Who did we get? Whose titties that's did true. we get to see? Now, when you, this was not worth it, but it's worth like an internet YouTube or yeah. porno tube or YouTube. X X X tube. I don't know. I think. Anyway, but when you went and saw Princess Darius, which I know a lot of you did, did you think that the best friend would end up upside down and naked, getting her back slashed by a scythe? No, you didn't, and that's one thing I that's will give awesome. Eli yeah, this Roth. Is, this is, I don't know if you guys know, it's uh, Heather Matarazzo, and she's this right. girl who basically is, she was in The Adventures of Pete and Pete when she was Welcome little. Welcome to the Dollhouse. Uh, and she, that too, she and she plays a lot of really kind of like Nickelodeon-esque, uh, Disney-ish uh, right. characters. And she comes in this movie, and you think, I thought, uh, spoilers, by the way, spoilers all over the place. Right. Ahead of time. Good thing we told them. That's good. We're good people. John will fix it in there. Um, no, he won't. Ooh. And um, so she gets completely naked, hung upside down. The only her, major nudity in the film, by the way. Right. Which and, her, and her back gets slashed plenty of times right. as the blood goes down on this woman who is completely naked, bathing. masturbating, bathing in the blood of right. this uh, Disney uh, type uh yeah, and, and that was the coolest part of the movie. That was the only part where I'm like, okay, he's actually going to be doing what he said he's going to be doing. Right, and like uh, you know, and to say that the fact like uh, all the all the mentions in the commercials and everything with the most shocking ending you'll ever see, people, you have to learn not to believe these commercials because because yeah, especially it, in the first movie remember in the first movie it's like oh people are fucking puking and like people are passing out paramedics were called at theaters blah 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 and are I you went, sure you're not thinking of like the 50s well no 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 this was host- for the first hostel they did have really? a bunch of yeah they had, had a bunch of that kind of press weak sauce and uh, it was totally weak I mean give me Saw 1 2 or 3 give me half of any one of those movies 
instead of both hostels combined. Because right. I mean, those actually just deliver. They they don't try to be like yeah. great films. Well, it's the same thing. Like when I first saw when I you know Eli's first movie, Eli, you know, because we're best friends. Uh-huh. When I first saw um, Cabin Fever, I liked it because uh-huh. you know he was bringing back that style that was completely lost yeah. in like the nineties. Right. And people stopped making these just slasher film for slasher film's sake. Right. And it was funny. It was campy. And then he comes back with Hostel, which is like he suffered the, uh, the M. Night Shyamalan syndrome. of just, <laughs> He got a hit or a semi-hit, and then he started getting all this praise. So he started masturbating on screen. And it just keeps getting worse and worse. Yeah. Um, so. I mean, I just don't really think... I, I mean, one movie that I think is actually going to deliver like that, which I kind of want to... I want to reach out to the producers. I want to see if we can get them on or something. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a movie called Hatchet. It's coming out in September. And okay, uh, I went to the Fangoria uh, Scream or whatever, the Horror oh, Fest. Oh, yeah, talk or about that. And uh, that, was, that was awesome. That was, um, it was really great. Um, I want to thank Taya for that, by the way, if you're watching. The best. Oh, and thank you, Taya, for the tickets to the screening as well. Yeah, she's our contact at Lionsgate, and mm-hmm. I think we're going to send her a basket or something because she's just helped us. I'll send her anyway. a fruit basket. But um, uh, so I went to this uh, Fangoria <laughs> festival. <laughs> John has good, get, good luck getting either of you guys in a basket. You fruits. Oh. Oh, see, I got what he was going for there. Yeah, I got the fruit got, basket. Yeah, yeah the fruit basket because we are our knees are touching. But I went to the Fangoria film or. Uh, horror festival or whatever and they screened about five minutes of this movie called Hatchet and it's basically it takes place in a swamp and it's uh, Robert England is in it he plays a minor role um ah oh god his name's Danny something the guy Candyman oh right I, I don't know what his name is he's in uh, Final Destination as the right so more guy plays Candyman's in it and uh, basically, the, I'm just going to run you through one scene of it. This is amazing. What happens is that this guy... It's Tony Todd. Tony Todd. Thank you. I just want to take... So, I want to mention that it took him that long to think of it, too. So He computered it. But... Um, Computed uh, it. <laughs> computed it. It's now a verb because we're in the 90s. Wait, just and going. so uh, basically, this this you know, there's a bunch of people running around in the swamp. There's an old guy and like an old woman who are kind of lagging behind because the old guy like broke his leg or something like that. And then there's just this huge roar, like berserker guy that comes out with a, a hatchet and um, he ch- starts chasing the old people. The young, attractive people get away, but the old people are <laughs> kind of left behind. And what he does is he grabs his hatchet. And he he digs into this part of his body, and you see it go just repeatedly. And he's like, oh, and it's not CG, and it's not, it's really great makeup. It's, and it's ripping off, and then this part of his, and it's completely ripping off. And then when we play charades, you're on my team. I'm actually really great at charades, but that's for another day. And you see a shot of them running, and then you see him running towards them, and you see he finishes just ripping the guy in half. And then, um, <laughs> and this going off here, right? I'm sorry, no. but um, but that's just an 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 example of something I want to see because okay. this right now, I mean, hostile like what you're seeing, Eli Roth, Eli Roth at I saw him at the uh, Fangoria thing, and 
he said that he wa- he was he did a panel there and he said he wanted to make the scariest ride at the park. He wanted to basically one up, um, not one up, but sort of meet the par of Rob Zombie, who I think is the best thing that's happened to American horror in like the last fifteen years. And okay. also, um, he wanted to do with the guy that's directing the Saws. He said they stepped it up, right? Lee, like right. they they have their little Gorn Society, the Splat Pack, the Splat Pack. Yeah, and they really they haven't, and he didn't. He didn't no. do that at no, all. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. He really missed. He missed. Right. Completely. I just think he missed it. Basically, all the characters in the movie are caricatures. They're not characters. They're not characters. You don't care about them. And spoiler alert right now, if you want to know the ending. Shut up. No, don't. You, wanna, no, you, you don't want to know the you ending? Know, you know what? Give them worth, something if they weren't seeing. I mean, it's worth, like, like interneting the uh, last ten minutes of the movie. No, no, no. no. You like, wouldn't want to do that. That's uh, That's pirating. Hey guys, um, to wrap up Hostel 2, you, you mentioned the um, Rob Zombie Halloween poster, yeah. or the Halloween. Have you guys seen the poster for it? I have not no. seen the poster oh, for it. Oh, they released it. I'm going to put it on the screen right now. How do you like being interrupted like this? This is awesome. It's, it's, it's very, okay. I would I hate think, it if someone constantly did this to me throughout I think, every show. Uh, this is the, it would probably be your very, best very angle too. if this happened at all. Let's talk trailers. Let's let's talk yes, trailers. Yes. So speaking of um, guys who take concepts and um, ruin them, and not ruin them, but just I mean, don't do what I feel that they Wait, should which one have are we done going with them first. I want to talk about Thirty Days of Night. Okay, okay. Because I loved the concept. Thirty Days of Night is originally a graphic novel by Steve Niles, and uh, Steve Niles is base. Uh, you know, he basically writes something about, uh, you know. Every once a year for thirty days, uh, somewhere in Alaska, it's complete night. A lot for, of Alaska, right? Uh, and so, and right, and so you know, it's a great idea. It's like night for thirty days. Some vampires uh, find Wander out in. about it. They're mm-hmm. like, "Holy shit, we should do this. Let's right. let's eat. Let's have a thirty day buffet." Uh-huh. And it's about the people in that town trying to uh, uh, trying to survive. Right. And you know, I saw the trailer yesterday. I watched that, um, and I was I was impressed by it. I'm going to go see this film because I. Let me just tell you, I've never read the book. I've, I know, I okay. do know what the, I do know what the, uh, the style is because I've seen the cover and I, right. of the different books throughout the years. But um, right. I think that they, the little shots that they showed of the vampires, it looks like they got it right. Um, Why? The, because I mean, they have like the multiple well, they, teeth and they're, they're, and they're, they're all what the hell up. is going on in their right, face. Right. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that really, you know, it had me go in this trailer and then. Josh Hartnett shows up. I have no problem with Har- Josh Hartnett. I have a problem with Josh Hartnett trying to act like in any kind of role besides a romantic comedy. Really? What about yeah. Black Hawk Down? Uh, you know, the only reason I liked that film was because it, it didn't have too much of Josh Hartnett. It was more of an ensemble I for one, film. I, for one, don't mind him. And if we had to do... People have been on the forums, on the new Geekscape forums, geekscape.net slash forums, so good, have been posting their top fives. Right. And if I had a guy's top five, like a gay top five, I think Hartnett would be in mine. Really? Yeah. He's a, a guy's a dreamboat, and I think he, he's one of those guys that is just like, I kind of like to see him on screen. But um, anyways, the okay. reason I didn't, I, I'm not looking forward to 30 Days of Night is that I read, the, I read the first graphic novel, and they have a bunch of sequels, which I haven't even bothered with, um, is that, I mean, just the graphic novel in of itself what ha- was a great concept. I love the concept. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the overall points of the story are great. Um, but I just really don't think that. I mean, the dialogue. I mean, just mo- you know what? Mostly everything. Let's about just it say it this way: you're gonna go see the film. I'm gonna go see. You're the gonna go see the movie, film. But All right. So the next one, also. Um, Oh, might maybe a vampire books from when I was a wee maybe lad. a vampire film. I don't know yet. You can't tell. No, definitely a vampire film. 
What? Okay, so we're talking... It's a vampire book? It, it is a vampire read, book. Have you read the book? It, yes, it's called I Am Legend, Will Smith. Now, I was just talking to uh, Gilmore on Thursday about this, how like when I, it first was announced and they started showing the pictures and every, uh-huh. all this stuff was getting leaked, it was killing me. Johnny Depp's not in it, though, right? No, it's it's he, Will Smith. I know, I know, but he was at some point going to play the best friend. I remember. Oh, I, I don't the know. Shouting, they haven't really the announced shouting anything. outside his house all the time. Yeah. Neville, but Neville. Uh, it, it, you know, the thing is, like, I read, I started reading this book actually because of uh, Geekscape. You know, the oh, recommendation really? wow. on one of the old forums. I read it, and it was amazing. And then I started seeing all that this stuff. Me. Nope, it's my favorite book. Is that your favorite book of all? Yeah, it's but, great. See, it, it's been uh, one of my uh, top recommended books as well because um, it's short and he doesn't have to read much. Yeah, actually, it's great. Like it's real, and we all know uh, John's attention span, and he loves <laughs> that kind right. of shit. He that, can't stay that, behind the camera for more than fifteen. In, minutes. In Doggy goes to the fair. <laughs> Doggy goes to the <laughs> Those fair. Are my two yeah, and I hear they're making that one with a Will Smith. That would be as nice. Well. <laughs> yeah. just, I really enjoy the Clifford movie. Yes. Mm. Anyway, um, keep going. So, underdog. That's what I hate. I underdog. Do you guys have you guys seen the th- the thing for the live uh, live action underdog movie? Yes. What do you think? Um, I I I'll give it a shot because there's F, no CG. F that shit. Yes, there is. There's Where? a lot of CG. There's a lot of CG. The, the dog He's a CG. flying dog. The dog is not they, CG. They, the dog they, is a they beagle. Hired, they hired a flying dog. So so listen. Um, I will you'll punch find your crotch out, out. What we think of underdog on the episode we review it because I'm going to go see it. That's right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. What's I Am Legend? Okay, so I Am Legend. Uh, the basic the basic storyline is the world is gone. It's oh, all okay. vampires except for this one man um, who is played by Will Smith in this movie. Um, now, in the original, in the book, is just that. It's about his survival with these, you know, with a world that's dead, um, and everyone's everyone's trying to kill him because that's what vampires do, I guess. But watching right. this trailer, but- it says nothing. Nothing about vampires. But the it thing just, is that the it, book wasn't so much about vampires. Well, the book. I mean, w- the book was more so about his survival. The book is was is about vampires as much as the comic Walking Dead, which you guys should read, is about zombies. Absolutely, it's um, really a book that uh, basically surrounded around the sur- the horror survival genre in which you um, have this one guy and you he walks you. Th- I mean, he makes big pits in the ground in which he burns all the dead vampires mm-hmm. uh, that he kills, and because he goes out throughout the day, collects all the supplies he needs, and, and his best friend is, is constantly outside shouting his name, Neville, come down, and you know he's like trying to taunt him back into it and some of it is told in flashbacks right but uh and so i don't really th- i mean the concept is there that he's the last man on earth trying to survive but they haven't done the vampires thing and i think they're going to do with that what uh spider-man 3 did with venom yeah just, release like, it later right. i i get that but right now it, it might as well just be a they might as well have just renamed it not say say it's based on i am legend mm-hmm. but just make it into you the know last a, man on earth yeah or something like that. it was originally film. called that actually Oh, it's working okay. title was something like The Last Man on Earth. Or but like it was written by Richard Ma- Masterson? Matheson. Yeah, Matheson. Matheson. And, you know, he, the only other movie I've seen based on his book was uh, uh, Stir of Echoes, which uh, also they couldn't, it. apparently they couldn't take that basic concept mm-hmm. and work with it. But, uh, well, um, well uh, they, yes. They, they, they did adapt I Am Legend once as the Omega Man in the 70s with Charlton Heston. Really? Right. Best line from that movie? It's when he's trying to make a vaccine out of his own blood, and mm-hmm. he looks at the vial full of his blood, and he goes, that baby is 100% Anglo-Saxon. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
fucking oh, Charlton Heston. Listen, guys, you guys are doing a really That's good awesome. job. Thank All you. All right, so Thank now you. we have a few other things that we need to get to now, yeah. now aren't there? Um, we, who do we have? Let me just take Talking to my nipples, John. Earlier in the week, I went over to Sony and hung out with Scott Stockdike. He was a special effects super on all the Spider-Man movies. Ooh. Awesome. And uh, did a little interview with him. You guys, thank you so much for filling in. All yeah, right. Whatever. You're, you're, you know, Ain't no you're thing welcome. with a chicken wing, dude. Thank, thank you guys for being here half a year with us on Geekscape. It's awesome. That's Let's right. go over to Sony. We love all you. Right. Thanks so much, dudes. Hey, what's up, guys? We're here at Sony Imageworks uh, with Scott Stockdike. He's the super effects supervisor from the Spider-Man films. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself, tell, tell uh, our audience, the Geekscapists, a little bit about what you do and the process of working on the Spider-Man films, which we all saw multiple times. Sure. Um, as visual effects supervisor, I'm in at the very start of the project when they're writing the script, writing boards. They're working with um, <coughs> storyboard artists, and I basically break down stuff, think about how to do stuff. And then I get into the shooting of the movie, and we go on location and I'm with them when they shoot plates, when they shoot first unit and second unit. And then I come back and the third part of my job <coughs> is in post and that's where we put everything together and finish the movie. Mm-hmm. And like on the process of this film, like everybody talks about Spider-Man 3 and how it had more action than the first two. Yeah. Uh, as you're reading the script, I mean this is a longer film too. This is 30 minutes longer than the, yeah. than, than the longer ones. Uh, and... As you're reading the script, are you just thinking, whoa, 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 like, like, <laughs> like I don't want to do, this. like, this is going to be impossible, this is going to be too expensive, because, you know, people accuse uh, the Spider-Man films of, ha- you know, I was talking to somebody yesterday, and they were like, oh, it'd be so great to have an unlimited budget, I'm like, wait, this is still a business, you can't have an unlimited budget, you yeah. still have to bring things in on time, under budget, or at, you know, budget, or a little bit over, um, right. what, what, what leeway do you have to throw things into like the writing and say, listen, this may be impossible. This may not be something we can do in time. You know, it's, um, it's interesting because our job used to be more about saying what you can't do. And now it's just about um, telling people how much time and how much it costs to do. Because more and more uh, anything's possible. Right. So it's like, can they shoot things in time? Can they edit it down to get the cost? And I mean, actually, like S- Sam Raimi is very, very good. He's a very good businessman, and he's a producer. He produces movies and TV, so he knows budget issues. And we give him information, and he actually makes kind of more of the decisions about what's in and what's out, more just based on budget and time than whether you can do it or not. Right, because, I mean, the window, <coughs> like when the movie's announced, the window for the release is set. Yeah, you know, like movies nowadays, it's not. I, I don't. I mean, now with the blockbuster, you know, people fight in the, and they put their flag in the in the ground and they say, "Listen, we have July Fourth weekend," or you know, <coughs> uh, we we have the two thousand nine, you know, May. And, and Spider Man's gonna be good with that Memorial Day weekend. Right. And, you know, that's Spidey's weekend, yeah. and everybody knows when a Spider Man movie comes out, that's the weekend. And so. With that goal in mind, it's his job to throw things in or out of the script. And you throw in the input to make sure he... Right. And then, I mean, it's my job just to figure out how to get it done in time. And that's what it always comes down to at the end. How, how much hair did you lose on each <laughs> film? Like, like, did you start out with a giant afro on Spider-Man <laughs> 1? And then as like it went in, did it just start falling out or uh, getting pulled out? Well, I've been working for seven years on Spider-Man movies, and I've 
aged the equivalent of maybe 15 years <laughs> to accelerated well, aging. In, in like, like I could just see that like with uh, something like Green Goblin, you're like, okay, cool, guy in a suit. Yeah, yeah. With, with Doc Ock, you're like, okay, you, you hear that they're doing the majority of the arms with puppets. Right. And you're like, oh, not my, not, not, not my freaking problem. Right. You know, it might be a bit of your problem. Uh, and then when they say Sp- Sandman and Venom, you're just like, F you guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> you pick the two guys who are the most heavily computer animated. Yeah, it's a whole other level. And I mean, it's not just, I mean, it's not just how to execute them. It's like how to get them to work in the story. And one of just the crazy things is we got further and further into production Sam just was visualizing the final battle scene, right? And he was planning it, and and he just wanted to make it something really intense. As you guys were already shooting as other we were, pieces of the film. As we were shooting. So he really, the way he likes to work is he, he creates the beginning, the, the, the start, the origin of the character early in the process. So it's like in the first one um, where Peter Parker just first wakes up and has his powers. He figured that early. On the second one where Doc Ock gets in the fusion accident and comes back and, and yeah, gets everybody in the hospital. Dead kind of sequence. Yeah. It's awesome. He those are the first things he concentrates on. And then by the end, um, that's what he, he wants like the end to be just the biggest thing, right? So he pretty much figures that out later in the process. And all as we were going along shooting, getting ready, and he was figuring out this end sequence, he kept threatening us, like, the horrible hundred are coming. <laughs> and he's like, every time he saw us, he would just kind of, like, hint that there was this big thing coming. And, you know, we get bits and pieces and get pulled into that process. But the first thing, he, like, sometimes he just, like, will go with his brother and just write. Huh. And just, like, they'll go in his He's almost garage. punishing you. Yeah, yeah. He, he, I mean, he's kind of seeing the limits of your sanity by, by saying, okay, how much more can we heap on Scott? Right. And, I mean, on, on the first two films, you had John, John Dykstra with you. Yes, yeah. Uh, and on this one, it's you. It was just You're me. running the show. That's right. And you won an Oscar for number two. It did. Right? Yeah. Where do you keep it? In the kitchen. Really? <laughs> yeah. I don't have a trophy room or... I, I thought the mantle was a little too cliche, so... I just uh, keep it. We spend most of our time in the kitchen, so um, <laughs> you want to see it all the time. <laughs> you hear stories about people keeping like their Oscars in like the bathroom. Yeah, you know, uh, I would have mine like engraved on the front of a car, <laughs> a hood uh, ornament, like a hood ornament. I don't. I mean, I don't ever see. Uh, I mean, you've seen Gay by Don. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't foresee an Oscar actually being in my future. I, I want the Every popcorn. Now. That's the one I want. I want. Yeah, I want the, the gilded. Popcorn from the yeah. MTV Movie Awards. That's the one I want, and maybe like a Scream Award. Yeah, like I think those would be really cool. Those would mean a lot to me because they're yeah. like they're like the fan ones. You know, I mean, it's all it's like it's nice to get that that recognition, and I mean, it's basically just a token of recognition of like your peers and the people working with. Were you saying freaking out? Did a good job at the Oscars. It, actually, the crazy thing was just like it was very surreal, like just being there and and. It seems big on TV, but it's actually when you're there and you see like Clint Eastwood like ten feet away from you. It seems very small at that moment too. So, and actually, the thing that really happened to me was it was a very visual experience, and I mean visual effects person. So right. it's like it happened. It's like the sound just kind of blocked out, and I didn't hear anything that John Dykstra was saying in the acceptance piece. <laughs> and I just looked around and saw everybody. <laughs> do, yeah. do you think it could have been Spider Powers? You know, like Spider Sense. <laughs> 
you know, I things slow down. wish I could have had those to slow down, like, the post-production, but I don't have them. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's just you against the wall, and you've yeah. either got to make it or, or not. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's like, the thing is, it's like, there's like two over 200 people here at, at Imageworks who are like seasoned pros, basically, who have been through this before. So mm -hmm. it's not like I'm just flying by myself. That's a cool thing. Right. And, and uh, the Spider-Man, the, 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 the creation of the, the Sandman sequence. Yeah. That's the one you hear everybody talk about the most. Uh, that's the best sequence in the movie. You know, it's the most yeah. beautiful one. Yeah. You know, how hard was it to make that sequence? Uh, I mean, it was... What goes into making a sequence like that? Because I kind of know how you guys do some of the the plate shots. Yeah. Where, uh, like the fight with Doc Ock on the top of the uh, subway. Yeah. You guys, before the actual shooting of the film, went out, you guys went to Chicago and shot plates yeah. for the Doc Ock fight. And uh, are those just plates on a subway train with a, with a green screen and you fight the... And then you get it and you start putting it together. Yeah, well, I mean... We build things in pieces now, so right. it's like you you have some ground so it's rules. it's kind of the same way. It's kind of the same way. Yeah, I mean, you have ground rules of, like, for the train thing. It's like most of the shots were green screen with a plate behind it, but then you get exceptions. Mm -hmm. And the exceptions turn into, like, how do you solve this? It's got to be all CG or it's some weird combination of live action and CG. All our sand shots were all the exceptions, you know? There wasn't, like, one global way to do everything. And the birth of Sandman was just, like, the most intense thing. It's the most intense thing I've ever seen. Going back to, like, Hollow Man days, it's mm -hmm. like, you know, when there was a transforming human, and that was like... So you can play Seven Degrees with you. That's <laughs> true. Well... We can do Seven Degrees yeah, with you. Yeah, Okay. Sorry <laughs> to interrupt. The, you were going to say something actually pretty nice, and uh, well, no, I, I mean, I, I'm a jerk. <laughs> it's just, um, the thing that's hard, I mean... The thing that's hard in my business nowadays, it's like there's all these all-CG movies, mm -hmm. you know? And so doing an all-CG shot, even if it looks photoreal, isn't the hardest thing anymore. So nowadays it's like the combination of effects work and character animation work, so sand particles and an underlying performance, that's kind of the hardest thing now. I mean, that was hard back when we did it on Hollow Man, mm -hmm. but... Because it was Kevin Bacon acting. <laughs> because Is it was... Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I actually, it was think, like, I actually think he's a fine actor. <laughs> I think you're saying it was hard because it's Kevin Bacon acting. It's like, damn, I gotta make him act well. If there was a, yeah, if there was another actor, it'd be easier if he was just <laughs> dancing. No, it's because it's like, I mean, well, it's like the gorilla was not Kevin Bacon, but right. it was like a performance of somebody struggling, and you had layer. I mean, you had a layer of muscles pulling away that were tied to that performance mm -hmm. of the gorilla struggling, and then this way, it's like we had Thomas Hayden per Church's performance. And him like rising up and going through all these like and he did the whole thing himself, and then you guys slowly replace him with the enemy. Well, I don't know anything. You know that. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. Shot by shot, it was different. So, the end shot, he gave us just a brilliant performance in in camera, and we tried to do creative ways to blend to that. The first shot, you know, he shot video with Sam Raimi and Spencer Cook, our animation director. There, like, was there to like help guide it, but at the end of the day, it was created completely in the computer, using that as reference. So our animators, you know, went through, blocked it out, and then we added layer and layer and layer on top of it. That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> and, and you guys actually shot references for with sand. Yeah, I mean, I 
always like to shoot reference. So, and what what is it? What does that entail? Um, it's basically we get the camera crew out there and the DJ just a day at the beach. Lights it. <laughs> is that it, what it, it is? It wasn't a day. At just a, a day at the beach. Yeah. We're playing in the sand. Well, actually, I mean, you know, they build the set and right. and it gets led by the DP and and, and we shoot it. Um, that was actually for like the birth when we're getting the bowl and the piles of sand. We definitely got a lot of real footage there. There's another shoot we did. So there is real sand footage in that sequence. Um, I actually have to think and go mentally go through shot by shot. Um, How many shots made up that one sequence? Because it's one shot in the movie when you think of uh, it's well, it, it's one shot as an audience member. It's well, there's one shot, there's a there's a two minute shot at the very right. start, which is just one shot, all computer generated, mm -hmm. and then there's. Um, I don't know, like five or six other shots, maybe even ten. It's kind of a blur right now. <laughs> uh, that were some combination of like, it's some of them I think we used background plates and just did a CG foreground. But at, at some point, like the lines kind of blur because like uh, philosophically, I like to mix live action bam right next to CG and, right. and even within a shot, like crazy combinations. So... There's no like rule of thumb, you mm -hmm. know. In in how much like like on something like the subway sequence or some of the stuff you do with Green Goblin, how much of it do you get to direct? You know what I mean? Because because Sam does his <laughs> directing. Yeah. He's the director, but you know he takes things from the storyboard artists. He takes things from the actors. At what what point are you making shots as well and saying you know it'd be really cool if you know like the fight with Harry in this yeah. film when they're in the, the the air. You know, there's a lot of CGI in that. How much of it? Are you throwing ideas out and actually doing some of the choreography and some of the directing? You know, it's interesting because, um, you know, there's such a thin margin of error in this that it's like I actually don't have the liberty to, like, go away and design a whole sequence and use a bunch of people right. to do that and bring it back, and Sam says, I hate this. So it's mostly, like, it's mostly a pretty linear process where there's a script, and I may talk about the script with Sam, but then he goes to a storyboard artist mm -hmm. and previous artist, and I... I make suggestions while they're working on it, but it's like it's rare that I would like design a whole shot right. from scratch. You might add like a a little flourish, right? Or something like that. Right, because if I did design a whole shot from scratch, it's like it could just end up on the cutting room floor, and there's you know thousands of dollars right. wasted. So right. when you're sitting in a theater watching the film, and like a flourish comes up. Yeah. And the audience goes, oh, that was fucking cool. <laughs> you know, do you ever go, yeah, that was my idea. Like, what, what are some of the things that you can say, you know, because it's, you know, it's a group project and there's a director yeah. of the film. If you can say, like, what are some of the things that you're proud of contributing to, like, a, the Spider-Man movies? You know, the little flourishes that are in there. Wow. Um, Just badass ideas that you had. You know, it's so it's so hard to come up with like individual ones. I don't know that I could. Um, wow, that I wasn't really ready for that kind no, of question. I, I understand. Like, I just like off the top of my head, I would hate to like point out something and then oh yeah, you know what? The storyboard artist actually like, had a version of that. <laughs> You're like a ripoff artist. Yeah, it's all right. He won't. But watch. it's like you know, it's like there's certain things where it's like when in the bell tower where mm -hmm. all the goo's falling down, mm -hmm. you know. It's like on set, Spencer Cook were there, and he's the animation director, and we were there like talking about like where. I mean, we stuck tape on Topher Grace's face with like fishing line, and we had the 
make up people like pulling the fishing line to like pull yeah pull it's just trying to there. pull it off of it's stuff. like right. just those kind of discussions on set while you're shooting the stuff i mean that's incredibly rewarding to me just like to see that go through the process so it's like at the uh, end were of you the day, just messing with Topher grace at that point <laughs> <laughs> no i <laughs> well, wait, wait you're sticking that, but you see that, it in the final that's shot. That's lo-fi. Though. Oh, absolutely. You see it in the final shot, so it's absolutely. Like and then, and, and, but uh, at what point were you like, okay, wait? <laughs> well, I can't. I really <laughs> am can't. I back in film school because you got tape on a fishing line, and you're just trying to get his skin to pull. Yeah, you know, you're just trying to get that pull yeah. so you can put a little bit of goo on there. Right. And have that. And but that's the old school <laughs> that Sam Raimi comes from, and it's yeah. like the thing you got to know about Sam too is like anytime. You can do like it some, something's thrown at the actor on set, chances are Sam Sam did it. Like he loves to get behind camera and just throw his own debris. And I'll say to the first AD, you know, it's like, is there anybody here who could really like get this these bricks thrown at our actor just right? Is there anyone in the first AD? He's like, well, yeah, Sam, why don't you do it? <laughs> and so Sam goes in there and does it, and it's like, you know, that that's like. Sam can push that, but I honestly, I, I mean, I right. can't push that. You know? Is he fun to work with? Yeah, he's great to work mm-hmm. with. He's like, he keeps it funny all the time. It's like, you see his personality in his movies. Like, all those little, like, you know, in-jokes and kind of thing. Bruce that's, Campbell that's stuff. Yeah, yeah. The, um, now, a lot of people, you know, myself included, <coughs> watch Spider-Man 3 and we think, oh man, like, you know, it's the third one in the series. There's that there's that whole sequence, which there wasn't one computer graphic shot, where uh, Sp- Pi- Peter turns bad. Yeah. You know, and it, and that gets a lot of criticism. And oh, the which one? The one where he's fighting? Where he, where he turns emo. He's walking down the street. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and this one just seemed like it, it just didn't reach the height of the first two. You know, people started saying, well, you know, they seem tired with it. They seem this or that. Uh, I myself saw the movie and I said, well, it's a little bit mixed tonally, you know. Um, how much of that do you guys look at and say, okay, maybe this is the end of the, uh, of the franchise. Maybe we should just call it a trilogy. And how much of that do you guys look at and say, you know what, it'd be kick-ass to come back and tell these guys not only, <coughs> you know, because yeah. I, cause I don't see it on like X3 level, you know. <laughs> I don't yeah. see it on the level of uh, of like Batman and Robin where you either have to reinvent it you know, or put it on the burner. I see that you guys could probably do another Spider-Man movie two years, three years from now. Yeah. Have it released two, three years from now with the same crew and still have that kind of energy. I think so. I mean, <clears throat> here's the thing. It's like, I, I Sam is always trying to improve his movies. And, right. and it's like, that was one of like just the great fantastic things that I was able to watch from the start of the movie to the end of the movie like he is always just trying to make it a better movie and it's like you know if it were up to him he would have had another six months to just like finally get like everything nailed down exactly like he wanted (laughs) it and part of it is just you know the logistics of it is a business and you have to release here and it's like I just think it was an incredibly ambitious movie to take on like two of the biggest effects characters and get the stories to work and I mean I actually was amazed that Sam was able to pull that off like he did so I mean I I think there's like plenty of like character ways to go I think there's like a huge a huge roster of like other cool villains to go with yeah, I mean the lizard would be fun. I mean, you guys Vulture, have there's like there's Black Cat. There's like who's your favorite Spider-Man villain? Um, Were you a big Spider-Man fan like growing up as a kid? I mean, you and I know each other, 
Yeah. I know you're a big geek. Yeah. You know I'm a huge geek. Yeah. You know, you, I mean, how much were you into comic books before this? I was, I mean, I was into comic books since, um, I mean, since I was very little. I, I, I mean, I got into trouble, and I mean, I remember vividly, vivid experiences in the fourth grade. I mean, I remember the teacher, I remember the situation where it's like a friend brought in Spider-Man comic books. I was reading them in class for weeks on end and this is obvious you're, you're <laughs> wanting to get caught yeah. at that point yeah it's like I think and I did get caught and it's like I don't remember getting into that much trouble weirdly but you know I mean that's when I started and I mean it's because the guy next to you had a porno mag <laughs> you know in fourth grade I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember but um, yeah so it's like and like in the Secret Wars, you know, when he gets the black suit. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like that was a big deal, right? So, and it's like I've fallen out of it a little bit, like, you know, after high school, mm-hmm. you know. But, I mean, I still, like, I see my son getting into it now. And it's like it sparks that, you know, desire to, like, I mean, I've got my old collection, like, hermetically sealed, you know. Absolutely. To give to my son when he turns. When he won't rip them up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is that just one of your nightmares that you'll come home and there'll just be pieces of your comic books everywhere and you'll realize that he got into the stash? Right. It could be worse. You could be the Green Goblin <laughs> and your kid gets into your stash. But, I mean, I don't know. That no, I have, to, I, have to, I have to give him, like, uh, the uh, trainer comic right. books, the, the ones that he can tear, and I don't care, right? So. Right, the reprints and, right. and Marvel Presents, those things. Yeah. Um, and what what kind of I mean? Do you still read books? Do you still do video games? Do you still what kind of stuff are you into as a geek? Um, you know, it's like it's kind of crazy just because working so much, it like my geeking out is at work, and then it's like when I um, when I'm not working now, it's like a lot about my family. But the things I do, it's like I'm I'm you know I'm very into Giant Robot and I'll, I'll I like I like the store and I like what they've got going on there in the magazine. Um, I'm very into, um, like, photography and, like, kind of my thing is sushi. Like, I love sushi and I love photography. So a lot of what I've done is, like, just take, like, photographic series of sushi chefs. So, I mean, that's kind (laughs) of... You can be that kind of geek. Yeah. It's okay. I'm a sushi geek. I mean, do you have the giant robot-type toys, like, all over the place? Um, I don't, but it's, like... um, I appreciate them, and actually, I, I like a lot of the cultural stuff that they get into, like some of the music that they review, and some of the movies. You know, like a lot of the Japanese movies, I've gotten into watching. The, you know, like the Japanese horror movies. So, and I mean, Sam does some of those under Saturday. Yeah, you know, he he does things like uh, the, what, grudge the Grudge, and, and things like that. And uh, you know, as a would you ever be interested in taking on the directing yourself and doing a film? As a director, or or are you having too much fun with the computer and and the visual effects stuff? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because so many visual effects people, that is their goal, and they do get into it. And, I mean, you know, it's a fine line at a certain point, but I I see where that line is, and I see how hard it is to go over that line. So it's not something that I'm really pushing for now. I mean, ask me in 10 years, but right now, I mean, I just love the execution of visual effects, you know, and I would hate to, like, get too far away from that. So how did you start out? Like, how, how like, <coughs> some of our, the people that watch this show, they're they're into the Photoshop, they're into computer animation, uh, they're artists, they're sketch artists, comic artists. Um, how do you segue from being somebody 
in your bedroom on a computer uh, sketch table. How do you segue that into a career? Like, what was your first gig? Did you go to film school? Like, what were some of the things you did? Yeah, I mean, I in college, I, uh, you know, I was interested in architecture and engineering and computer graphics and, uh, you know, video games and comics. Right? Favorites? <laughs> what were some of your favorite video games? Um, I mean, this is back in like I, I'm gonna just totally date myself, right? You're gonna I mean, say Ultima, aren't you? <laughs> well, it's like Wizardry and like Apple II old games. Oh shit! Like, yeah, that that gets there. It's, it's like was that a yeah? Uh, th- those are on three and a half inch floppy. Yeah. Don't they? Well, no, I mean those they were like, like five. Those are five. <laughs> oh man, wow! It's at least they weren't on like you know the, yeah. the cassette tape. Wow! And your first computer animations were done with Turtle, where you had to point the turtle <laughs> right, the logo, the, the logo. Yeah. No, but I mean, I, I like. I mean, I was into like the early Apple II stuff. So it's like, I mean, and it's, it was really hard for me to like give up my old system in college and get rid of it because it was taking up too much space. But it's like you know, all the old, um, yeah. I mean, early the early like Steve Jobs origins. It's like you know Wozniak. It's I was into that stuff. You know. That's cool. And and did you know that you wanted to go into computer? At what point did you say, okay, I would like to pursue a job? And Well, that's the thing. It's like I thought that stuff was so cool, and I didn't see any way I could make a living mm-hmm. doing it. I mean, and so I just I, I studied engineering, and it's like, you know, there's so many engineering jobs in the world. Com- even, even now, like compared to visual effects jobs, but at the time, it's like there, there were like, you know, in the hun- maybe hundreds of people, and I don't even know exactly, but only only hundreds of people in the world doing computer, doing computer graphics. graphics and making a living off of it. So I went into engineering, and I was doing engineering, and I was like, um, "You know where we're going with this? I want to talk about it. What? I want to talk about Mortal Kombat. Oh. You know <laughs> right. where I'm going with this? Okay. So I took classes. Bottom line, I took classes at the American Film Institute, mm-hmm. UCLA Extension." Got a really crappy demo reel together. And With computer gra- animations. If, yeah, it's like that would be. I, I'd be embarrassed to look at it nowadays, but we're <laughs> playing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't track it down. I know. I know where the the bodies are buried. <laughs> like cut back. Like yeah. you're burning it. <laughs> yeah. In the, yeah. So, um, and and it's basically, I got my foot in the door at a place called MotionWorks, and I got in as system administrator and programmer of mm-hmm. a, like a digital ink and paint system, you know, where they like do line pencil drawings and wow. convert it to like digital frame by frame. For mm-hmm. I think I think they used it like on PageMaster. You were like excited, right? Firm Gully. Oh, I was ecstatic. It was like Fern Gully. <laughs> I was like, I <laughs> they're, mean, they're I, doing this Macaulay Culkin movie yeah. on PageMaster. <laughs> like, Christopher Lloyd's in it. It's gonna be great. It's gonna make a billion dollars. It's like a movie that you go pay money. <laughs> one, one, of our, one of our viewers uh, <laughs> on the, our forums at Geekscape Net. Uh, Geekscape.net He wrote uh, Weird saying What's your best bargain bin finds And this dude was bragging About how you found The page master For like five dollars And we're like Wait Did they give you five (laughs) dollars Well that's I mean Those those were the movies That like The system I was working on Actually was used on those And I came in like Late and ended up Like just debugging Some stuff Mm -hmm. on it But it was enough To just get me in the door And, And what happened there Is like I started just staying late and learning the animation software, which at the time was Prisms, which turned into Houdini, which mm-hmm. is um, used a lot in effects animation now. And a couple animators quit, 
and it's like they were going to hire some new people, and I was like, well, wait, you know what? It's like I've done this stuff at night. Here, here it is. Oh, I, you brought yeah, up the old like, reel. <laughs> it's, like I, it's like I could do I could do it and do my programming and do system administration. So oh, you just brought you don't it all have on. to hire somebody new. I'll do it all. And so they gave me a gig, and that's where that's where I got enough to do a couple like very like basic commercials and. Mm -hmm. and Mortal Kombat. Yeah, what was it? It was the it was one of those Mortal Kombat straight to video, straight computer to video. animated. Yeah, and films. That, I mean the thing at the time was combining 2D and 3D because like I mean Beauty and the Beast mm -hmm. had done it in this giant ballroom sequence, mm -hmm. and you know everyone was catching on that it's like instead of just hand drawing everything, you can do 3D and combine the two. Mm -hmm. So that's what we did. Wow, and and then <coughs> at what point do you start doing the work like? On Stuart Little and and I mean you and John Dykstra both worked on Stuart Little as yeah. well. And did he get you the Spider-Man gig, or did you guys both work well, under this roof? What happened is that I got a job at uh, another company, Metrolite, mm -hmm. and I got um, a real film credit for um, John Woo. Uh, what was it? Broken Arrow? Broken Arrow. Yeah, and I mean yeah. I was a big John Woo fan, so it's well, like yeah, you can't be you you can't have like gotten into film in the early '90s and not watched like The Killer. Yeah, you or know? Hard Boiled, or hard -boiled. Right? And so it's just like to be in the same room, you know, have my shot reviewed by him. That wow. was like, what shot was yours? Well, I'm, uh, there was in Broken Arrow there was there were some like underground explosions, uh, absolutely, and just some wide shots. At the end where of the it's movie. Like, you know, the ground kind of rippled down, and, you know, I just did, like, little, like, enhancement, like, just the smallest visual effects stuff on it, but at the time, for me, it was like, you know, I'd made it. Was, did was like he, my did dream. he tell you any Van Damme stories <laughs> from his time on Hard Target, which no. I say to be his best American film? I love that film. Wow. I, well, I, I actually don't think it's great, but as far as John Woo movies go, I feel like Hard Target's is... You know, actually, That's the, I one. was just reacting because I think it's actually Bob Murawski, the editor of Spider-Man, edited that movie. Wow. So. I heard a Van Damme story. Uh, I, kn I know a, a guy who edited uh, a, a couple movies for Van Damme, uh, Lionheart, and a couple of that. And, and supposedly he would come in to the assistant editor at night, and uh, the assistant editor would be working, and Van Damme would be like, take this, put it there, take this, put it there, <laughs> take this, put it there, and then do this, this, this. And the assistant editor would get so much direction at, so, at once that he wouldn't remember any of it. Wow. And then Van Damme would leave for the night, go out and party, and he'd come back in the morning drunk and be like, show it to me. <laughs> and the guy would play it for him. And it would be stuff that the, guy, that the assistant editor put together. Yeah. And he'd be like, I'm a freaking genius. I'm a freaking genius. It's great. That is perfect. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I mean, how much did you pick up from John Dykstra? Did he tell you any Chewbacca stories? Because he worked on Star Wars. Yeah. He tell you any? I mean, how much did you pull out of out of his head? Wow, how much could I really reveal? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, he just tells me stories about how just crazy, but crazy fun it was during the Star Wars days. Because like, everybody was a bohemian. Yeah, where they were just making everything up, and they were shooting all day. You know, I mean, they were working twenty four hours a day doing one thing during the day, one thing during the night, and all, everybody from the studio was always coming by, like, just checking to make sure that they'd it's actually It's our $10 million dollar investment. Right. we got to make sure it right. returns. And like, so now you're making stuff that's, like, what, a $300 million film? Yeah, I don't even know. And the first the Star Wars was $10 million, but for Fox, it's huge. Yeah, I mean, in that day, so it's like, um, you know, just 
the fact that like it's always down to the wire no matter where you are it's always down to the wire and just i mean he i mean he lived through some crazy times and that's ne that hasn't changed in your experience uh, you know it's working. like it's more professional nowadays right. than what he told us you he know? unionized yeah. You no. get overtime. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's like after, you know, 10 years of, like, big mainstream CG movies, it's like people have figured out, you know, the artists who do the work are the, kind of the most important thing. And it's like mm -hmm. if you burn those people out, you can't do the movies. So, right. and, and, and it's like, the, I mean, people have experience. So it's just like everything, like, the professionalism has gone up. Mm -hmm. Not, I mean... So you're more of a professional geek now. Yeah. Uh, advice to any of the listeners that want to get into computer motion graphics, that sort of thing? Um, you, yeah, basically just know that you're going to have to do a lot of bad stuff before you do the good stuff. Hmm. And No offense to Mortal Kombat straight to video fans. <laughs> no offense to the fans of the Page Master. <laughs> yeah. Although, you, yeah. I like Broken Arrow. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like... I. I think there was some really great stuff done on that, and my contribution to that, you know, and it was a couple, like, it was the better of my earlier work, so I'm mm -hmm. not, not actually bagging on that work, I'm just saying it's like, a lot of even tests I did for my demo reel and stuff, it's like, you have to just, I mean, you have to, like, go through layers and layers of just, like, learning what you're good at and what you're not good at, you know, mm -hmm. so it's a good process. That's all it is. And so is there going to be a Spider-Man 4? Uh, I, I know about as much as you do, really. I mean, the studio officially has said yes. And they that's hired all a writer. Yeah. And we'll say, would you love to come back if so? Yeah, I'd do it. Given the opportunity, I'd definitely do it. I mean, I may, you know, depending on Business the schedule, wise, I may yeah. go into another movie, you know. It's mm -hmm. like, who, who knows? So yeah. I just like, I had a lot of fun for seven years and Sure, I lost a lot of hair, but it's like we're we're, we're gonna have him fight Stilt Man. You're like, you know what? <laughs> Call me about number five. <laughs> Not interested in Spider Man versus Stilt Man, or the no. terrible Tinker, or you know. The, 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 yeah, one <laughs> of the lamest better yeah. characters. The Gibbon yeah. is back. Um, yeah, well, thanks so much for for being yeah. with us, man. Thanks sure. a lot. You know, good luck teaching your kid not to uh, tear up books. But, yeah. you know, we got tons of suggestions at Geekscape.net. We're, we're on the forums all the time. If you guys have suggestions for books that you think Scott would love to introduce to his kid, um, there's all sorts of stuff now. And uh, you guys can post them there. Thank you guys. Uh, thank you so much. Sure, yeah. You know, cool. um, Yeah, it's fun. It's fun to talk about this stuff with you and, uh, and get to know that if, even if you're a geek, you know, a lot of a lot of geeks think that you know it's cool to to be at home playing World of Warcraft all night and not have a job, but you can segue your geekdom into the professional world, as evidence here, right? That's right. You're successful. Living geek. proof. Liv pr living proof of a professional geek. Man, my life's a mess. Why don't you ask Laura? Straight from the Geekscape.net forums. Josh P asks. Good manners or good grooming? Good manners. Good grooming can be taught. Sharon asks, do clean sheets really seal the deal? Yes. Totally. Los Ojos de Muerte asks, in the movie The Thing, do you think that Kurt Russell was a badass or was it only an escape from New York? He's super badass in The Thing. He's even badass in that Elvis movie where they rob a bank. 
Jonathan asks, would you ever leave me for Big Yanks? No, he's got a baby and a girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) See you next week, everybody. Mr. Penguin, out.